Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt and Tommy. We are here today to reflect on some qualifying that's happened. The Formula One season is underway. Yes, that is correct. The sandbags have been thrown off the cars. They have taken to the Bahrain track at night and they have provided us with a Max Verstappen pole position. Tommy, we've got much more to talk about, though, (laughs) haven't we, than Max getting pole once more? I know. It's like we've never been away, um, but yeah, we'll get into it. We will. Wow, that was abrupt. Um, Let's get into Q1 then, first and foremost. And out was Bottas, Joe, Sergeant, Ocon and Gasly. The massive story to talk about here is, of course, Alpine being the slowest team on the grid, at least for round one of the season. Now, they've gone from a team that we have seen in Drive to Survive. They They have aspirations of being in the top four, top three, fighting for podiums. And they have come out the blocks 19th and 20th, which is absolutely wild. We did suspect that they were quite slow in testing, but we thought, no, surely they're not going to be slower than Haas, maybe even sort of Kicksalber. But they, they were last and it is a disaster for them. They're basically putting a McLaren cosplay on from last year, aren't they? And being the team that's shocking everyone at being the slowest. I think worse, the fact that, yeah, it's like on pace and it doesn't look to be getting better. Obviously, there's all the memes about the, the Alpine and the paint and stuff. And wow, that car looks so bad. I remember seeing a few tweets saying, oh, it looks like Alpine could genuinely be the worst car. I remember being like, no, surely not. Like they might be bad. And I thought they maybe would be fighting to get into Q2, which would have been a disaster. But to be last 19th and 20th um is wild to say that you know this is a team that like I say Ocon and Gasly got podiums last year and they're just falling and tumbling backwards it's not they certainly are no no Alpine there's lots of different memes going around uh, about about Alpine's current performance question from the castaway DC is Alpine looking for a way to have a negative amount of paint on now? Uh, some people obviously were speculating when we saw the car, God, well, they must be in trouble if they're already taking off almost all of the paint. Um, and you did a meme, didn't you, Tommy, on your Twitter, where it's basically just going to be an all-carbon car from Saudi. Um, but it is a disaster. It is. I want Drive to Survive. I want Netflix round their houses right now filming what's going on because I imagine it is an absolute S-storm there um, for them to roll out and genuinely be last. Like that, that you know, Ocon was half a tenth away from qualifying 16th, but then there's a bit of a jump to the likes of K-Mag and then and then those ahead of them. So it, they've got quite a bit of margin that they need to somehow close up because it is quite close in that sort of midfield 
area with the Hasses and the the RBs and you know the the second driver of Aston Martin and things like that. That it, it, this is not going to be an overnight fix, in my opinion. No, is is it can't get much worse for Alpine. Really, their car is overweight. Obviously, uh, that's the big problem with Formula One. Uh, cars now and Alpine really struggle with that. We've heard throughout last year how down on power the engine is and they were kind of hoping that other teams would kind of freeze their engine for them to catch up. And it's just looking absolutely woeful. And um, yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see how it turns out. You mentioned, I remember you saying to me when we watched Drive to Survive being like, oh, two two episodes of Alpine, that's a bit bit weird. I think probably the be the whole series uh, next, next <laughs> season uh, might be actually quite quite an interesting watch because uh, yeah it's going to be uh, chaos. How many people can they fire? We'll find out. So the kicks albers were also not particularly surprising. We thought that they would be around there, but Logan Sargent, eighteenth on the grid, and he was looking okay. He was, looking he was within a tenth of Albon almost both times we looked at him in Q1 and Q2, but then seemed to, on that final run, not be able to put the lap time in that, that he required. Um, because I think he must have had two, was it two or three runs. I, I don't know exactly, but he, he did six laps. So I guess that's an out lap and a fast lap. And then Either or, he was close to Albon and then he wasn't close to it. We literally blinked. And it was like, oh God, he's out again. Yeah. But there was an opportunity because you look at where Albon, 30.397 he did in Q1 Albon. The cutoff was a 30.756 with Bottas in 16th. Magnussen was a 6.46. There's a couple of tenths there. To be yeah. four tenths off Albon, that's not the improvement we needed, was it? Like no, it was He needs to have good. those odd occasions that where he out-qualifies Albon. You know, we're always like, oh, get within a couple of tenths. Why can't he just beat him once or twice? That's what he needs to do. Look, uh, you know, uh, James Vowles, who I would follow to the edge of a cliff and off it, yeah, it you, you, you genuinely think, all right, James is hyping him up. He's giving him all of that confidence verbally, but he still hasn't been able to perform out the blocks, which is which is a shame for him. Yeah, it's a shame. It's it's early days. It's only the first qualifying session of the year, but it is a big disappointment because, yeah, the the first runs he was there or thereabouts with Albon, and yes, he should uh, occasionally beat Albon. But you know, even if he's there or thereabouts, you're like, okay, fair enough, you've made it and unlock the potential of the car. But there, like you say, there was that gap to slot into, um, and he's not he's not done that. So big disappointment for Logie Bear, but. Hey, at least he's faster than some Alpines, eh? That is true. He's not last. Um, let's go to Q2 now then, shall we? And out was Sonoda, Stroll, Albon, Ricardo, and Magnussen. But obviously the biggest talking point was Charles Leclerc going fastest in Q2. Not, you know, not just purely because he was fastest, um, but something that will affect me for quite some time is the fact that Leclerc's Q2 time was quicker than the pole position time in Q3. So I'm going to be tossing and turning a little bit tonight, thinking about what could have been. However, He's only bottled it. No. Okay. I'm saying that he knows that the curse is that if he gets pole, <laughs> he won't win the race. It's the Therefore, Leclerc master plan. He clearly listens to the P1 podcast as well, because I said he's going to get more race wins than pole positions this year. P2, nice little conversion of a Max Verstappen pole position to start off the season. Oh, get that in my system. You remembered your anyway, prediction, turn the engine down. 
anyway, shut up, Tommy. You're, you're, gonna, you're annoying me already. It's round one. Uh, but we're obviously talking about Q2 at the moment. Uh, but the biggest talking point was, of course, Nico Hulkenberg, I would say. Uh, out of nowhere, just unbelievable. That the, the one lap pace of the Haas is still there. We all wrote them off. I am going to apologize wholeheartedly to Haas. I thought they were going to be terrible. I took Komatsu's words and I said, yeah, okay, I'll absorb that. Fine, they're going to be rubbish. And then they've gone and done that, Hulkenberg into Q3. Yeah, but I mean, it's almost similar to last year that Magnussen, yeah, down in 15th and Hulkenberg was, yeah, up in P6 in that session, which is wild. But um, yeah, I don't, We'll find out with Haas, of course. Hulkenberg had heroics last year. He was incredible. He got into Q3 so many times and delivered such amazing qualifying, but then it didn't have the car to deliver in the race. So let's hope that they've sorted out their um, tyre wear issues because if they haven't, then that prediction of them finishing 10th could still well come true because you know they're not going to score points if they've got to do like eight pit stops um because the tires overheat so yeah uh we'll see with Hulkenberg but look Hulkenberg has a shadow over him that's unfair that that he's not got a podium but he's shown so many times that he is a fantastic driver he's won in you know everything he's uh competed in minus Formula One uh and has just for whatever reason not not delivered that that podium but he's just so, shown so many times that he's a really quick and capable driver uh, and you know deserves to be in formula one uh even now like he's showing what he can do he certainly is so, so well done nico hulkenberg um other small things to mention was piastri just about managing to scrape through um into q3 uh, ahead of Yuki Sonoda, the P11 merchant that is Yuki Sonoda. Oh, um, <laughs> but I mean, that's not even bad. It's not no, a bad it's... result for, for RB, for, for Sonoda to start 11th. Um, but yeah, Piastri just about scraped through. Um, and then I also predicted in our Twitch watch along, thank you so much for those that did tune into our Twitch watch along, that Lance Stroll, we were all hyping him up after Q1. My God, what a lap. Oh, he's cooking. P2, unbelievable. And I was like, Stroll's going to get knocked out in Q2. And he did. Uh, 12th for Lance Stroll, which... Um, disappointing because uh, he was a whopping four tenths of a second slower than than what uh, Alonso managed in that Q2 session. Belons is the goat, so no surprise really. Oh yeah, fanboy already unleashed uh, about Fernando Alonso. A question from JBLouis underscore three. Disappointing for RB. They have been hyped up and it was pretty similar to last year. They have been hyped up, but not necessarily by the team themselves, by everyone else conspiring and being like, well, they're just going to copy Red Bull. They're going to slap parts from Red Bull's last last year's Red Bull and they're going to be unbelievable. Quite clearly, they're not doing that. Otherwise, I imagine they'd be a little bit f- uh, higher up the grid. Um, but no, I think that it's, uh, it's not, yeah, it's not really an improvement. It's kind of where they were and fair enough. It might be that some of the teams around them have taken steps forward. I think Aston Martin with Alonso have shown again that they've got that that pace that they had kind of towards the start of last year, uh, where they're in the mix, challenging for a podium. Alonso in Q3 was only a tenth and a half of being off the front row of the grid. So um, I think it's more maybe that the top five, again, seem to be a little bit too... Untouchable, just that, really. That, yeah. yeah, just that half a step ahead uh, of of the rest of the field. I mean, Laura Mekis said literally before qualifying that he genuinely feels like that sixth down to ninth is where it's really close. It's a couple of tenths between them, but the top five teams are just a little bit too far away. Yeah, RB or AlphaTauri, as they were last year, 
were running last in the constructors for a very long time. So they they're doing all right. Um, yeah, there was a lot of talk that oh, they're just going to yeah like copy a Red Bull and suddenly they'll be mixing up with the top teams and might be like you know third and fourth on the grid. But they've certainly not done a bad job. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Let's move to Q3 then, shall we? And uh, as some of you might know, we have a, a podcast sheet where we have your questions in and a bit of a, a run of a run of play and how we're going to talk about whatever. Uh, and Tommy's written in the top of Q3, do, 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 do Max Verstappen as the um, the headline for that. So thanks, mate. Really appreciate that. Um, obviously, the big talking point being that Max was fastest uh, by just over two tenths of a second from Charles Leclerc. But as I've reflected on, Leclerc could have definitely, absolutely, 100% categorically got pole position. But decided with his 10,000 IQ not to take pole because he wants to dive up the inside into turn one. Um, But yes, uh, disappointing, I think, for a lot of fans. I think a lot of people were just clinging on, including myself, to the hope that Max wouldn't get pole straight out the blocks. But he did. It wasn't a gargantuan margin, so you definitely should continue watching the 2024 Formula One season. A lot of people joking, see you in 2025, see you in the new regulations in 2026. But uh, Max delivered. And I think it's not the case of that Red Bull is miles clear in, in quality performance. It's that Charles didn't necessarily deliver a lap that could have taken pole. And then we would have a completely different chat going on right now. <laughs> exactly. The Stappen literally didn't do the fastest time of the day so you know there was a chance for other teams and it is incredibly close you look at the the gaps and it is funny that i know it's a big margin now in, in formula one but two tenths um you'd have loved that back in the day to be two tenths off off pole position um but that's now a, a massive gap and yeah the rest of the the order is really really close it's ridiculous, isn't it? You look at from Charles Leclerc all the way down to, let's say, Lando Norris is two tenths. Um, it's a tenth and a bit between Leclerc and Alonso. That That is a fight that is going to be so intriguing. If we could just, you know, just, just cling on to Max Verstappen and just drag him back into this field. Can you imagine the scenes that we would have in this 2024 season? Like, I, I, I just... I know that we always do it. And we're like, oh, you know, imagine if Merck didn't exist or imagine if... But this is Everyone ridiculous says, how close that is. There's always that one driver that does it, though, isn't there? We I know. Like, stop being and... so good, Hamilton and Verstappen, in the last however many years. Yeah, and then Vettel did it as well. That it, it always seems to be that driver that does it and then their teammate is like dropped in the pack with the rest of them and it's like, oh, my God, look how good it could be. Uh, but, but Max is... Well, I say he's driving superbly. He... He apologized and didn't think that it was good enough for Paul. And it was obviously uh, understandable that he didn't think that because it was slower than than Charles Q2 time. So there was time to be made up there. Um, but he did did get there. 
He did indeed. Question from P1CHL. Is the season over? No, everybody is on zero points still. There is no points for pole, as I am very aware as a Charles Leclerc fan. We have got plenty of storylines to come this season. Uh, I cannot stress how much you need to cling on. Okay, Formula One has painted a picture after 2021 that every season should go down to the wire with zero points between the top two drivers. That is not what happens. When we have a great race and a great championship, it hits like no, no other. Yes, we should have maybe more competitive seasons, and that's a different topic and conversation to have. But it is not over. He's on pole by two-tenths, not a second like Mercedes used to be. It is still close. Ferrari, for example, a reason that you should watch is because they have been saying their drivability and their race pace has actually improved. You've got the likes of McLaren as well. They're a little bit further back, but Piastri had amazing race pace in in free practice as well. Uh, in FP2, that was, I think. Um so there's plenty of storylines. I could go on for another 20 minutes about why you should watch Formula One in 2024. But no, the season is not over. Not it's until not, Max wins it's by not. 30 seconds. And then, you know, I might, <laughs> might ask that question again. <laughs> yeah, it's not It's not over. There's so much to look forward to in F1. We go through periods of dominance. But yeah, there's so much to look forward to tomorrow. Of course, we're, we're going to see how uh, Formula One is with DRS activated uh, after lap one as well, which will be uh, exciting to see uh, if Max uh, can <laughs> extend a gap of one second in that time. But even if he if he can't, based on the rest of them, they they are going to be glued together if that that is their genuine pace. So there's going to be loads of excitement. I do actually think Bahrain uh, is a bit of an underrated great circuit track. as well. Um, you don't think of it as like a, a classic but it provides good racing and good overtaking opportunities so look we've missed formula one uh and it's been gone for what feels like ages even though it's just the the winter break so uh i will urge people to stop complaining already because it's not even started yet and we've missed let's it. N- n- let's now follow with what is usually a question but this is just a statement from alex berthagen nine cars within five tenths is absolutely crazy that's it, right? That If you needed a reason to tune in tomorrow and for the rest of the season, that's it, right there. Max Verstappen was unbelievable last year. Let's not, you know, let's not take it away from him. But there are still plenty of unknowns that can happen this year. We don't know about the race pace yet. Perez is down in fifth. It is not a given that Red Bull will run away with it. They might. And we, will, we can all console each other in the race podcast tomorrow. Uh, but right now, qualifying is still amazing. And um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to how tomorrow, as you say, with DRS, you know, I love how they've done that. They've like, well, we can't really change the rules around the cars because we're changing the rules in 2026. So how can we make Max not get away so quickly? All right, DRS, uh, <laughs> uh, the, uh, DRS after lap one. Okay, and then Max will get away on the first lap and they'll go, right, DRS after the first sector. And then it'll be everyone can use DRS behind Max when going down towards turn one, but not Max. Uh, you, you can just see that there'll be tweaks to the rules just to try and keep uh, keep Max somewhere within that. Yeah, or what will probably happen is Shell makes a move on Max into turn one, and then we're all going, oh, why is the DRS already? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's probably what's <laughs> going to happen. Fire, like, change it, change it, change it. Lap yeah, 10, change lap it 10, back, lap change 10. Change it back, yeah. <laughs> lap 10. Uh, next question from Papaya Shauna. Why was Hamilton so much slower than George? Oh, no. Can already see the conspiracy theories. Because, right, let, let's just let's just try and be level-headed here, okay, people that support Lewis Hamilton. George Russell has 
outwardly said that the car has been directionally changed towards what Lewis Hamilton wanted this year. The car's been moved, or the seat's been moved more rearwards because Hamilton wanted it. And George was saying all of these things that I then saw people then replying going, oh, well, you know, he's just getting his excuses in early when Hamilton smashes him and this sort of stuff. And George Russell has done a fantastic job in qualifying. Mercedes look, only just scraped through to Q3, if you, if you remember. Um, and then for George to put it third on the grid, it is is a sensational qualifying performance. I don't think you can take anything away from George there. Hamilton clearly struggled. Let's not jump to conclusions here. Mercedes have no reason to make Lewis Hamilton slower this year. They want it to be a harmonious thing to the last lap in Abu Dhabi because why would it why would they want anything else? They're trying to as a team claw back the deficit to Red Bull. Why would they waste any time that they have with a seven-time world champion? To improve Other than car. to yeah. improve the car for 2025 and beyond. It just makes no sense. They wouldn't do it. And and that's as simple as that, in my opinion. Also, you know, uh, why why is Hamilton so much slower? Two tenths um, in the end, uh, which, again, highlights how close it is. Two tenths off your teammate, and it's third versus ninth, which is madness. Um, and I think it's I'm, worth mentioning as well, just quickly, um, when you look at the, the 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 improvement from Q2 to Q3, George improved by over four tenths of a second. Hamilton didn't improve. He did pretty much exactly the same lap time from Q2 to Q3. And of course, there is a bit of track evolution there. So you have to say that probably Hamilton left a little bit on the table. Same with Charles Leclerc. He went two and a half tenths slower <laughs> than what he did in Q2. But there are other drivers that improved. Yeah, we've seen it before with, with Mercedes look, like last year, uh, I feel like it happened a lot where sometimes one of the Mercedes might even drop out in uh, in Q2 and then the other one would do a fantastic job and then it might flip the other way. You know, I would not be surprised if a couple of races time, the exact opposite happens. Those two have done that. Um, and the race is where Hamilton delivers more anyway, like Russell's a lot stronger. Uh, like his qualifying is a massive asset to him, whereas I think it's Hamilton's race pace that that delivers for him. Not to say he's bad at qualifying, but it's not it's not a huge gap, and I don't think it's worth um, sort of jumping on conspiracy theory uh, things already, um, because you know people will just make their own narrative what they like uh, based on what happened. But I would not be surprised if we get Saudi and it's completely the opposite. Yeah, you make a very good point. Two tenths, like anywhere else, two tenths of a second, Hamilton lines up sixth, George Russell fifth. No one talks about it. But because and it's the beauty, <laughs> behind it, it's, it's the beauty of the fact that it's so close in that top five team um, category in qualifying. And it's it's because of that, not because Hamilton's so bad and he's half a second off. It's two tenths. It's nothing. Um, so I think it's really a, a no sort of, it's a, it's a non-starter at the moment in terms of a conversation and a, and a topic, I think. Uh, and finally, we've we've put some respect on his name. We're going to put a bit more respect on his name. Nico Hulkenberg, um, P10, didn't manage to do a particularly good lap in Q3, but hey, I don't think he really could have got much higher. He did a 29.8 in Q2. Had he improved by that by a couple of tenths, maybe he could have even beaten Hamilton, but 
he'll, he'll actually start alongside Hamilton, which I'm sure he would have taken coming into the weekend and how everybody was was writing off Haas. Uh, Charlandos asks, is Hulk the GOAT? No, but he is a very good driver and one that gets disrespected massively, memed heavily uh, just purely because of the non-podium stat, which continues to haunt him. Um, but that, you know, it's it's whenever we kind of joke about it, like that's just, it's it's purely a joke and a meme. But, you know, there are genuinely people that believe that Nico Hülkenberg is a, is a not a great driver, but he's won Le Mans. As you say, in the junior series, he was unbelievable as well it's just not worked out for him he has bottled big moments let's not let's not you know move that away from that but he is still a fantastic midfield driver which is what we argued previously when Haas took him on is that that's what they need but they also need to give him a car that doesn't destroy (laughs) cheese grate the tires after four laps yeah it's to Hulkenberg's credit that he's done so many races in Formula One and that I guess in 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 a way if you're not very good and you're you know you're not scoring podiums or whatever you would be out the sport but because he is good and has proved his talent and formula one teams keep taking him on because he is a really good driver and people can see he's a really good driver he's just gonna rack up more grand prix and he's driving a house so he's not going to score a podium so unfortunately for him that will just grow and grow unless there's some miracle um but he is a very very good driver and he just showed that again like he did many times last year as well he certainly did and that wraps up the first qualifying podcast of the year tommy what are your final thoughts uh you won't be surprised to hear this but i'm going to talk about fernando alonso and say (laughs) and say what might have been if he maybe did his run at the end because he was only six hundredths off being p3 um but it's still a very good good performance from him. But yeah, I'm really excited for the race tomorrow, particularly with all those drivers so close. I cannot wait. And I guess the final talking point, I guess, before we go was, was Lando Norris versus Oscar Piastri. Very close there in the end, despite mm. Oscar looking like he was lacking quite a bit in, in qualifying. Lando maybe didn't hook it up as well as perhaps we may have perceived. Seven hundredths of a second ahead of Oscar in the end. And it'd be interesting if they are quick in the race, if they can come through and maybe even sneak a podium. So uh, let's see. It's going to be a fascinating race. We'll be live on Twitch. As always, Matt P1, Tommy, come and join us uh, tomorrow where we watch along uh, to the Bahrain Grand Prix. We can't wait. And uh, thank you, as always, for all the love and support. P1 Live Show tickets are available still for London, Cambridge and Bath. Uh, Links are all over our social media if you want to come and and see us live. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you very soon. Lots of love. Bye. Bye. Make sure you follow us on all of our socials. We're Matt P1 Tommy on Twitter, TikTok, Twitch, and Instagram. You can also sign up to our Patreon at the link in the episode notes for ad-free episodes, full video interviews, and extra bonus episodes for as little as $5 a month. Finally, make sure you're following us on Spotify. See you soon. P1 is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.